1: Welcome back to this week's edition of the State of Recruiting, your weekly March 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Broach, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris, we've got a special guest today we'll introduce you in just a second. Before we do, we'd like to remind you to go to any of the podcast platforms, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, any of those, and, and give us a good rating, review any of that stuff, especially on iTunes, a five-star review with a question gets answered in our mailbag segment. Um. Also, we want to point you to the other great shows on our network, the flagship with Taylor Essis and Chip Brown, and the Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Ron Babers. Uh So before we get into that, um, obviously, I may sound a little different. I'm at a different locale. We've got Nick, and we're joined by Tommy Yarish from Bridgeland High School Media. Uh, Tommy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so we're obviously going to talk about Texas' new uh, quarterback offer from Bridgeland, and um, uh, and and all those things, and that's why Tommy's joining us and he's going to stick around for the high school picks. Before we jump into that, uh, fellas, how's it going? How's uh, how's Thanksgiving week uh, looking for you guys?
0: It's, uh, it's definitely different. Um, I'm also in the process of moving uh, while uh, it's been, like, Thanksgiving week. So we're having, like, a weird Thanksgiving tomorrow uh, as we're recording on Wednesday. So it's been a weird week, but what hasn't been weird this year?
2: That's very true. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, half my family's not here. They're all up in Chicago, so it's just me and a couple of closer family members here. Uh, we're having this incredible Thanksgiving dinner of order in from two restaurants and cheesecake factory. So
0: there Thank you go.
1: Family. Oh man, ordering in! I've got to smoke turkeys tomorrow, so uh, the the turkeys are on me. And today, I, I found out that. Um, you can't take a frozen turkey out of the freezer like 24 hours before and expect it to be thawed. So we're trying <laughs> some advanced long techniques right now. Um, as we speak, my wife is working on that. So fellas, uh, let's jump right in. Um, we, we've talked a lot about what the 2022 quarterback picture will look like for Texas, especially after losing out of Quinn Ewers, um, having him committed. Uh, and, and Texas, well, you know, the night that Quinn committed I, I wrote a post on our board that said, if I'm Mike Yurcich, I'm on the phone immediately to Connor Weigman and um, and Kate Klubnick, and those are the two guys that I would focus on. Texas offered Klubnik first, and then uh, this week offered, or I guess last week offered to uh, Weigman. Uh, Tommy, you've seen him play, I would assume, every game of his high school career. Um, you know, what can you tell us about him as a player?
2: You know, Connor is just a once in a generation athlete you don't really see too many guys like him because he excels in two sports and that's football and baseball a lot of people kind of don't know that he is one of the best baseball players not the best baseball player in his class he is just an incredible athlete and it shows on the football field I mean the first play that I ever saw him run was a fleet flicker back to him for a 60 yard touchdown and that's when I knew that he was going to be really special and he is just continued to show that he can do everything that you need at a quarterback position. He can throw uh, short. He can run the ball when he needs to. He needs to work a little bit on his long ball, if anything. But when he starts hitting those, I mean, it's just going to be unstoppable for defenses to stop him.
1: So like two years ago, a Texas coach told me about Dylan Goffney and, and that they were looking into him. And and like Tim, so I started watching his film and, and that's kind of when I saw Connor uh, for the first time, he's – I mean, you, I, you go to school with him. What's he like off the field as well? Connor is a very quiet guy. He
2: he doesn't talk too much. He doesn't, uh, you know, look around too much. He's just kind of a very mellow, relaxed guy. Um, if I get more than three sentences out of him, it's a good day. I mean, he just he, – he's not really the type of, you know, outgoing guy that you see. Uh, like I said very kept to himself walks by himself in the hallways most of the time so he's not a not a very talkative guy and interviews with him are the worst I mean he just he he, he doesn't give me any solid answers but that's just how
1: okay so last week when he got the offer I was he and I have been talking for a while because um, even before he he's kind of blew up he was following me on Twitter and then I would DM him from here and there and say hey who you hearing from what's what's going on and So I thought, okay, cool. He's he's usually pretty responsive. I'll hit him up and get some quotes. And it was pulling teeth to get quotes for a story. And I didn't think it. I didn't. Usually it's either because the kid's kind of a jerk or it's because the kid's just really quiet. And I figured it was the second. Um, But yeah, it was uh, it was tough to get some answers out of him. Nick, you have anything for Tommy?
0: Yeah, he's, uh, Weidman seems really smart, um, not only off the field, but on the field as well. Um, how have you seen – tell me, how have you seen kind of Connor progress, you know, as his career has gone on at Bridgeland, you know, in his, in his decision-making?
2: Oh, decision-making is – if I had to pick one facet of his play that's really improved this year, it's got to be his decision-making. I mean, he, he knows the difference between needing to run the ball and needing to throw the ball. I think that he has learned to kind of assess the offense better when he's in the pocket, and he can do that quickly, and he's started to do that better over the past couple of games especially. I've noticed that over the past couple of games, he hasn't really run too much, and he's been able to work on that throwing motion a little bit. So he's just kind of – obviously, he's still a younger guy as a junior, so he's still learning, and he's made a couple, uh, a couple of mistakes here and there. But for a junior quarterback at this point with the, with such a good team around him and with playing competitive teams like Shadow Creek and Side Park and Cy Fair this coming week, he has made some pretty good decisions. And, I would, like I said, that's the biggest improvement that I've seen from him from last year.
0: Yeah, I'm really confident that they can make a deep run in, in 6A Division Two. And I'd like to get your opinion on that, too, just because in the beginning of the year I think we all said that you know, Bridgeland has a, you know, a pretty good shot to make some noise in Houston. They're kind of a sleeper team, but now they're really starting to emerge as a state title contender. So what's kind of the buzz around Bridgeland right now? And, you know, how excited are you guys for this playoff run?
2: Well, I would, we're definitely very excited. I think there is a lot of fuel coming from that first round exit to Vandergriff last year. That was a game that everybody thought that they should have won and they should have won it, but This year, they came into this year and they knew they were special. They knew that they were going to hang around in there. And um, the confidence really went up, especially after that Shadow Creek game. Um, Obviously, you know, being able to win that game with Dylan Goffney out and a couple other guys on defense that they had really missed, uh, that's one of the better teams in the state. So getting that win in week two was obviously great for them. And then uh, even beating Klein kane you know, Jaden Blue had almost 300 yards that game. And they still were able to hang around and beat them. Uh, the confidence is high. I'm, I'm confident, like you said, Nick, they can make a deep run. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see these guys in the state playoffs down
1: in in Dallas this year. They're becoming the trendy pick, and I hope they are because I, I, I really want to get down there. And I'm, my wife's going out of town and this weekend, so like I can't, I can't leave town, or else I think I would probably go and be going with Nick to Houston on Friday. Um, i really just want to want to come see them play but um you i would assume so i get most of my connor uh highlights from your twitter feed uh which by the way shout that out so anybody listening can uh, give you a
2: follow uh, it's tommy underscore Yars. that's t-o-m-m-y underscore
1: y-a-r-r-i-s-h so i would assume you're going to by the end of his career have um, quite the uh, quite the archive of footage from his uh, from his games, that um, and you, you should be able to put together a pretty epic highlight film, I would think.
2: Well, I already made one for him. Uh, I think like five weeks into the year, and it was a two minute plus highlight reel. So, I mean, that just shows you how special of a kid he is, and. Um, I have my camera rolling most of the game, if not all of the game, and that still didn't capture all of the highlights. I have like ten plus more that I could have put in there, but I was like, Well, he can't have a fifteen minute long highlight reel to put on his Twitter feed, so but no, I mean, I'll have content for him for years
1: to come that he's very special, and he just is a walking highlight reel um how big I mean obviously you mentioned baseball how I don't know if there's any talk around Bridgeland. Um I talking to Connor, it seems like he he wants to definitely go to college and play football and baseball and um but you know when when the MLB throws millions of dollars at you, that's obviously tough to take. How much do you think that's a factor in his decision making
2: uh that is a very good question that I wish I could answer, and uh, I'm going to refer back to Connor is very, very kept to himself. he doesn't talk about his recruitment much, he doesn't talk about that you know baseball or football decision. Um, I know that he did talk about it to Ryan Broninger and he just told him that, you know, football was the way that he wanted to go. But like you said, Mike, those millions of dollars from the MLB can definitely change everything. And uh, knowing Connor and his abilities on the baseball field as well, he's definitely a guy that when his senior year comes next year can get drafted uh, into the MLB and make those millions of dollars. So uh, I wish I had an answer for that. But if I had to bet money on it, I would think that he would be going to play college
1: football on Saturdays. All right. Uh Nick, you have anything else for him?
0: No, that was actually uh, oh, just one of my questions. I'm I'm curious to see how how much the, the baseball will factor into his recruitment because I, I assume he's gonna try to play both at the next level. So yeah, that was a question I had. I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing what, what he decides on. And I'm also looking forward to seeing him on the diamond in the spring. Yeah, Tommy, do I you have... his... Sorry?
1: Ron. I'm sorry. Do you have a comparison for him, like a guy that he reminds you of? So I've kind of said and it's not really – the game's not the same, and I'm not saying he's going to reach these heights, but he's a little Pat Mahomesy to me in the way that he makes a lot of throws off platform and um, different arm slots. And he breaks a lot of the conventional rules of quarterbacking and would still succeed.
2: I would 100% agree with you. Um, I think he runs a little bit more than Mahomes does. Um, but, yeah, no, I, th- I would say that that is a, a very accurate comparison.
1: All right. Um, I I guess uh, my last uh, – our last thing for you is, Tommy, you are one of the more accomplished uh, young media guys, and I'm always taking an interest in the young media guys because they're eventually going to be guys that I either hire or are going to replace me one day. Um, I know that you're uh, – you, you finished, uh, what, like second in like a national uh, sports writer competition last year. You do great stuff every week with, with Bridgel Media. Dude, I saw you out covering cross country uh, this week. God bless you. Um what, what are the, the plans? You're a senior this year, right? Yes, sir. What are the plans for, for next year?
2: Well, um, I'm kind of down to, to two schools. I'm waiting on Texas. Uh, I applied for the 40 Acre Scholars Program. So if I get into that, that's a full ride. So, I mean, I would be pretty dumb if I didn't take that and go to Texas. Um, but if not, the plan is to go down to Tuscaloosa and uh, go
0: roll tie at University of Alabama. We can't remind Texas fans about recruitments that involve Texas and Alabama. Yeah. Yes. At
1: least he didn't say Ohio State. That's a rough subject. Uh, I've told Tommy, and, and so, yeah, if you end up at Texas, Tommy, we will have an internship for you at Horns 24-7, whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll figure it out. I think you're insanely talented, and um, you, you got a bright future in this business uh let's so Tommy's gonna stick with us we're gonna pick our high school games like normal so Nick um what's on the slate for this week
0: we're gonna go ahead and start it off with um the Tommy Yar Actually, special
1: before we do let's let's do the regular let's uh let's tell everybody where we're going where we went last week and where we been this week and where we're going
0: so, yeah absolutely. Uh,
1: what was the last week for you
0: uh last week I was at um I have to pull up my schedule every time because I always forget one or two uh, last week on Thursday, I went out to Forney, went and saw Ennis uh, and North Forney. Um, I had heard a lot about Ennis's receiving core, and uh, there was one receiver that I really liked for Ennis at 2022, um, and they, they stomped on North Forney pretty good in the second half, and you know, I think that's a 5A Division II state champion waiting to happen. That's a great story at Ennis. Sam Harrell uh, obviously led them to uh, a few state titles back in his day. Uh, he left for some health issues. And now he's back at Ennis and looking to lead them to another state title. It looks like he'll do that. So I'm excited for that Ennis program. Uh, North Forney, they had a couple of dudes as well. Uh, Cameron Allen committed to uh, Michigan State. He looked pretty good. Uh, Roderick Brown, a defensive tackle, committed to Air Force. Uh, He looked pretty good as well. Uh, And then on Friday, I went out west to Floyd Data, Texas, and uh, saw Spearman and Ballinger. Um, Spearman has the 2022 uh, four-star athlete, Brennan Thompson. He was electric all night, even, ba- even despite battling a uh, ankle injury that's kind of been lingering the past few weeks. Uh, he had three total touchdowns, including a pick six, uh, kind of as time expired. Uh, they won 35-7, to seven, and uh, they're going to keep marching down in those 3A Division II uh, playoffs. And next week, if, if everything aligns, uh, they will play Canadian in the regional final, which uh, I think will be one of the bigger games in the state. Uh, and those were the two games I was at uh, last week.
1: Okay, and you were at a game actually today, just before we, uh, just before we recorded. You were in the hometown seeing the alma mater, weren't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, went and saw Rockwall Heath against Mesquite. Rockwall Heath, obviously one of the best offenses in the state. Um, got to see 2022 uh, prospects: Jay Fair at wide receiver, Jordan Neighbors at wide receiver, uh, Zach Evans at running back, Josh Hoover at quarterback. Uh, all four of those guys are going to be FBS guys for sure. Might all four be uh, Power 5 guys. Um, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing their progression. Um, and there was even a 2024 corner that I saw for uh, Rockwall Heath tonight that looked pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing his career. And then uh, the rest of the week I have five more games set up this weekend. Uh, on Friday, pending credential improvement, uh, going out to see North Shore and Itasca Cedar Friday afternoon. And Friday night, uh, going to see Tommy at Bridgeland and Cy Fair. Uh, On Saturday, Side Park and Side Creek, um, and then Saturday night, Umbel and Umbel Summer Creek, uh, still awaiting uh, approval on the Umbel Summer Creek game, and then Monday, uh, seeing Rockwall and North Mesquite. So I got a bit of a loaded schedule this week, but uh, it's Thanksgiving. We we feast.
1: Yeah, this is usually playoff week, man. That's what kind of hit me is like I'm usually at AT&T for like a, a triple header this weekend. So we'll, we'll do what we can. I, uh, last, I only went out last Friday and I saw uh, DeSoto dismantle Mansfield in a game that featured an entire second half with a running clock um, to go see Byron Murphy, who looked really good. Um, Jonte Cook uh, was kind of quiet in that game. Um, but, uh, overall, DeSoto looks like they have rebounded from their loss to Cedar Hill. This week's gonna be kind of light for me, actually. I, I, I kind of gambled on getting credentials into Duncanville DeSoto this week. And as you know, uh, getting credentials to DeSoto is always kind of a crap shoot. Or I'm sorry, at Duncanville is always kind of a crap shoot. And, uh, it looks like I came up on the wrong end. I don't think I'm gonna be approved, but, uh, I think, um, I, I, I'm still looking at, at what I might do, but I'm not, not for sure where I'm going to end up there. Uh, Friday afternoon, I'm going out to see Frisco Liberty and Denison, out in Denison to see our good friends up there in Texoma. And then Saturday, I'll see Ishmael Ibrahim and Kimball again South of Cliff. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's jump into the picks.
0: So our first game, the Tommy Yar special Cy fair in Bridgeland. Tommy, you can start us off here. I feel like I know who you're picking, though.
2: Well, this, this, this game is extremely tough for me to pick just because I've seen both of these teams play, and they are both so good. Uh, but I have to pick my guys over at Bridgeland just because I feel like that Cypher defense, it hasn't been what it has been before. And obviously, you know, with guys like Wigman and Goffney and Hunter Wallace, who's a wide receiver, that's really on the come up. And I think that he is one of the more overlooked guys in the area. I think that that offense is going to just, you know, do what they do best, and that's put up points on the board. So I got I got Bridgeland in this one.
1: I, I okay. So I'm going to take everything Tommy said there, and I'm going to say that L.J. Johnson has not had the senior season I expected him to have. He's still very good; still had a very good year, but I think he he hasn't taken that next jump like I expect that he has. Um, since we've got Tommy on and I'm a Connor fan, I'm going to roll with Bridgeland on this one.
0: Yeah, I like the picks. Um, the thing that kind of keeps me um, intrigued about this game is that, yes, both offenses can score. Yes, both defenses can play well when they when they want to. Uh, but the thing with Cy Fair, if LJ Johnson goes out and has, you know, a game that, you know, we expect him to have, Cypher's offense is still pretty one-dimensional in that fact, so uh, in that case, I'm going to take Bridgeland because I feel like if it's a close game towards the end, and that's if Cypher plays a perfect game, I think Bridgeland still wins that game, so uh, I'm going to take Bridgeland. And our uh, second game of the week, Duncanville and DeSoto, obviously going to be a little interesting. Not really sure if starters are going to be playing all four quarters. Um, We assume they will. Uh, This game doesn't really mean much for district standings, but it means a lot for pride in South Dallas, so. Uh, Tommy who do you have in this one
2: I really liked both teams a lot this year uh, but the team that has stuck out to me the most is DeSoto uh, they have played incredibly well on both sides of the ball and that defense is as good as it gets in Texas so I'm gonna rock with DeSoto shout out shout out Chris Jeter
0: absolutely <laughs>
1: um, I I feel bad saying this I just spent last week with the DeSoto dads and They welcomed me to their tailgate. We had a wonderful time. Uh, They fed me. Um, The the, the hospitality was tremendous, but you don't, Nick, you don't get rich betting against Duncanville. And um, I think that as good as DeSoto's defense is, and they have probably the best defensive line in the state, Duncanville may have the best offensive line in the country. And um, I think that, they're not as dangerous as they were with Jaquin and Jackson, obviously, but I still think they've got enough at this point um, to to put DeSoto away. I it'll be interesting because Duncanville's already captured the, the district title, and DeSoto probably has more to play for at this point, so that's a factor. But I think I'm gonna, I'm going to stick with uh w- with Duncanville.
0: Yeah, that's my main point here. DeSoto has nothing to lose in this game, and I think Duncanville might have a little bit more to lose um I think DeSoto is going to come out um a little bit more hungry than Dunkerville is and those are guys that when they're hungry and they're motivated um they're going to pull off uh, a big time win and you know despite losing to Cedar Hill a, a couple weeks back I still think this DeSoto team um has a very good shot at making a state championship run and I think it all starts uh, on Friday with a win over Dunkerville. so I'm, I'm going to say DeSoto um, and our third game of the week, uh, Argyle and Waco La Vega. This is the sixth time they've played in three years. Um, I, I believe Waco La Vega is up 3-2 in, the, in those last five games. But Argyle, obviously one of the best teams in uh, 4A D1 this year. They've already beat them once this year. Uh, so who do you have in this one, Tommy?
2: Um, like you said, Argyle is definitely one of the best 4A teams out there. I've been very impressed with how they've played all year, and I think they're going to stay hot and easily take care of take, take care of this one.
1: I am going to roll with uh, Argyle as well. I've seen I've seen Argyle. Um, I guess I saw him once live early in the year against Pleasant Grove, and I've seen him on TV a couple times, and that's as nasty of an Argyle team as I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I I know that this, these games usually swing. Uh, based off the regular season result and the playoff result. But I'm gonna I know Argyle pounded them in the regular season. I'm gonna go with them and pound them again.
0: You know, in 2018 a lot of people doubted Waco La Vega, and um, they played Argyle in the playoffs that year. And uh, it was the same year that during the regular season Argyle hand, handled them pretty well, just like they did last year. I saw La Vega a couple weeks ago against Brownwood and they looked really, really strong. Um, but I feel like this Argyle team is a different monster this year. They have a uh, legit talent uh, on both sides of the ball. I think it'll be a really closer game than a lot of people might expect. I think La Vega will be in it in the fourth quarter, uh, but I think Argyle's talent is eventually going to put them over the top, and they're going to be well on their way to a state championship after this win this week. So uh, I'm taking Argyle. And then our uh, fourth game of the week, uh, Corpus Christi-Cal Allen. And Austin LBJ, Austin LBJ home to uh, Clemson commit Andrew McCuba, uh, as well as Oklahoma uh, commit Latrell McCutcheon. Um, they've been able to do some pretty impressive things on both sides of the ball this year. Uh, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, uh, home to uh, one of the more legendary head coaches in the state of Texas, and uh, Phil Danaher, and uh, one of the more legendary programs as well. So who do you have in this one, Tom?
2: Gotta go with LBJ. I mean, those two guys that you just named are two of the best athletes in the state. Uh, obviously, you know, Clemson and Oklahoma, two schools that are very sought after by a lot of recruits, especially Clemson. You know, if you uh, if you get offered by Clemson, you're obviously a pretty pretty good football player. So I'm rocking with LBJ here.
1: I it's a tough one because I think Cal Allen shook my confidence a little bit last week in a close one but I'm going to continue to roll with, with Phil Danaher. They just seem to know what to do at this time of the year. Um, and I'll go with Cal Allen.
0: Yeah, I'm rolling with Cal Allen as well. There's a lot of talent right now in the Corpus Christi area. I'm excited to get there over the, uh, during the off season uh, and check out some schools. Cause I've heard some great things at flower, uh, flower bluff at uh, Miller and of course at Cal Allen. So uh, I'm excited to get down there and check out some things, but uh, I, I think Cal Allen will um, uh, get over LBJ this week and, um, I think they're going to move on in the playoffs maybe even have a shot at getting back to AT&T Stadium where they almost knocked off Toledo. I, I believe that was back in, what, 2016? Uh, the really good night game. I think it was like the Friday night game a few years yeah. back.
1: Yeah, it was the game. It was uh, Jason McClellan won state uh, title MVP as a freshman.
0: That's right. That's right. And our uh, speaking of state title MVPs, uh, Mr. Double-Double Mr. MVP, Dane Yench at Grandview, um, he's won the offensive and defensive MVPs the last two years of the state championship. His Grandview Zebras are going to be up against Malakoff. Uh, this is the third year in a row uh, they're going to be matching up in the playoffs. Um, and this is obviously a, a big-time rivalry. It's it's grown to be. So uh, it's going to be in Waco on Friday afternoon. Tommy, who do you have in this one?
2: That grandview Malakoff game is always a game that I'm looking forward to just because, like you said, it is such a big rivalry. And it can really go either way every year. Uh, but like you said, Nick, that two-time MVP
1: on both sides of the ball, that's too hard to argue with. I got Grandview. This one's tough, Nick. What do I always say about Malakoff? You don't get Rich it's Malakoff either. But this is a game where it's truly, I think, really a toss-up. Um, man, I sh- i feel like I should – Grandview is literally, like, right down the street from me relatively. I'm probably the closest media member to Grandview, Texas, in the world. Um I got to roll Malakoff, though. I'm going to stick with Malakoff in this one.
0: Wow, it's a little bit of a surprising pick. Um, I don't think you get rich betting against either of these teams, but Grandview, back-to-back state champions, um, I'm not picking against them until someone can knock them off. Uh, Give me the Zebras. And uh, that's all five of our games this week.
1: All right, well, we th- thanks for that, Nick, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to circle up on records and get all that taken care of next week as we kind of head towards the uh, the big school playoffs. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us today, man, giving us a little insight on, on to Connor. Um, you, you already shouted out your Twitter account. Is there anywhere else you're doing work or anything else you want to promote?
2: Uh, sure, follow me on Instagram, at Tommy Yarish, it's just my full name, and then uh, I have a photography slash media page as well. Uh, yarish.jpg so give those a follow on ig and i really appreciate you guys having me out today
1: we got to talk about the instagram first before i go um i so i just started following you and i've discovered that you use the cam newton hieroglyphics <laughs> i do i do what's what's going on with that um i just
2: you know just wanted it to be a little different um i think that I like it a lot. I like how it looks. Um, uh, I've had friends tell me that uh, they get seizures
1: while reading it, but uh, I,
2: I enjoy it. I think it looks good.
1: Yeah, I I saw it the other day and I was like, oh no, because I used to hate when Cam would come across my Instagram and I would see. And I'm like, I can't understand what he's saying. So it's just the old man in me, man. Nah, don't worry about it. Tommy, old, you, Mike. Man. Yeah, i too old. I'm 36. I'm too old for, for that type of stuff. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Everybody, please go check Tommy out. And uh, look, man, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back on at some point. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it again.
2: Thank you, guys. All
1: right. And now it's time for the mailbag. As always, we uh, put the thread up on the Orange, uh, the orange 24-7 message board. Um, and you can drop your questions there. You can also... Uh, shoot us a, a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, any five-star review there uh, with a question gets answered. Probably had some difficulty today with the uh, a good chunk of the internet being down for most of the day, um, which which disabled our website as well. It was kind of crazy to watch. Um, as I sat around waiting to be able to do work, but uh, it looks like the website's back up now. And we do have a few questions on there, so we're going to do these and, and get out and it's probably a little shorter episode than normal, but it is Thanksgiving week and we're ready to, to kind of move on with our family. So, uh, Nick, let's jump right into this. Um, our first question comes to us from Polly Dreamer. Uh, it says, Mike, is there anything Texas can do on the field to help the 2021 class or has the book already been written? Who are some names for 2021 you feel might become popular soon? Um, I think the book is pretty much written. I mean, they're they're almost at the cap for the class. Uh, which probably, I think, 22, 23, maybe. Um, I think that when you look at it, uh, the, the biggest thing that they could do is win out and win the Big 12 championship. And that may sway a race or two. It may, maybe it wins you, um, you know, LJ Johnson. Maybe it wins you Shamar Turner. But in this case, I think the ca- the the class really has already been ridden. A name to keep an eye on is David Abiara, who just decommitted from uh, Notre Dame. Um, I know Texas was talking to him earlier in the year, tried to get some clarity on where he stands on their board as of right now, but that's a name to, to definitely keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If they can go out and win a Big 12 championship and um, maybe even get in a Cotton Bowl matchup with A&M and beat them, uh, I think that could significantly uh, impact recruitments um, such as, such as uh, Shamar Turner, most notably, um, but also some other ones as well. Uh, And as far as uh, who are some names for 2021, you feel might become popular for us soon. I don't know if you mean guys uh, that Texas maybe hasn't offered yet, um, but I'm going to go ahead and throw a name out there that I've been liking. Uh, Marvin Covington from uh, Mansfield Lake Ridge, a 2021 corner. Uh, He's starting to emerge on the recruiting scene. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if Texas maybe takes a chance on him. Um, I don't know a lot uh, on the staff's perception of him, Uh, but he's a kid that I'm liking right now. And uh, if, if they were to offer, I feel like Texas would be in a good spot.
1: All right, our next question um does Evan Stewart remind you of Jalen Waddle? No. I've said over and over again that Evan Stewart reminds me of Garrett Wilson, except more athletic, like probably straight line faster. Um now I think Garrett Wilson had a lot more um natural like body control and probably a little more dog in him, but um Evan Stewart takes a backseat to nobody when it comes to athleticism. Um you know, I I I think he's having a phenomenal year. He just got tripped up by a little bit of injury, so um, you know that'll stop him a little bit but uh, I, I would say he's more of an outside guy I don't really love him in the slot as much as I like Waddle there
0: yeah um, Evan's speed is just really incredible I don't think there's a lot of recruits that I, I, I can't really sit here and say that there is a wide receiver recruit that I've seen you know in my short time covering recruiting that's been as fast as Evan so uh, he's kind of been in a, in a league of his own for me at, as of right now
1: all right. Um, next question from Triplet Joseph forty-four. Uh, if Texas were to offer Austin Uke, how would they sit with him, and how does Texas sit for Evan Stewart? Um, with Uke, I think there's still time there, but obviously it's it's running out every day. I think that um, you know the Longhorns would be in a good position, um, but there are probably a, a couple of schools who are doing a better job getting that that relationship in now. I know that he's been talking with the Texas staff. Um, as far as Evan Stewart, Texas was one of the early schools to offer him. I think he really likes them, but they did take a hit when they lost Quinn Ewers. Uh, Evan and Quinn were growing close with each other, and, and I think would have been easy to say but uh, that, that he would have been at Texas if Quinn was still here. But uh, I, think, uh, I think Texas is still in it for him, not out of the race at all, but uh, probably not in the front-runner seat anymore.
0: Yeah as far as Austin Uke, um, Texas has uh, hosted him for uh, a virtual visit um, that I know of. Uh, Austin also does like Texas and um, he likes the idea of Texas and he said if he were to be offered he'd go down and tour the campus for himself. Um, You know if they were to offer I think they'd be in a pretty good position Um, but obviously you know as time goes on he's starting to build you know stronger relationships with those schools that have offered him such as uh, SMU and USC and others like that so um, that that's all just kind of a waiting game to see what uh, the, the Texas staff does. Um, as far as Evan Stewart, uh, I think he's going to be a recruitment that plays out well into his senior year. Um, uh, so I, I think Texas has a lot of time regardless of how they sit right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's important what you just mentioned there. Um, I, I do think that this plays out down the line. So I don't think anybody's in any sort of rush right now um from horns fan 7612 to billy bowman look like a brandon jones type of player at safety is that a good comparison even though i've never seen him play safety um yeah it's not bad i mean he's he is kind of a sit, center fielder um with a lot of range uh i think he was a guy that more would you would fit in like a nickel spot um and kind of let him sit in the middle of the field and make plays but uh brandon jones isn't a bad comparison for him i'm not sure it's the best one but i, I don't have one off the top of my head right now
0: i'm not sure if billy is as big as brandon no, he's not. He's not okay. for one. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be my biggest knock on that comparison. It's just the size difference is a little bit different. And that kind of, uh, that kind of plays into, you know, their playing style as a safety. But um, I, th- I think Billy's a little bit more rangy as well.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they just kind of would have a similar type of role more than anything. Yeah. Um, and then our last question from Horns Fan 7612 If you had to handicap it this way, which 21 player and 22 players Texas is in the best standing with at the moment? Um, in twenty two, let me start with twenty two in twenty two I will say, I think Devon Campbell is still my answer there. I think that for whatever reason Texas was early to offer, they've had no problems since that point in time with him and and have kept up a really good relationship. So I'll say Devon Campbell in twenty one Antonio Harmon probably, but that's all going to depend on on the way Texas pushes for him down the stretch. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch there.
0: Yeah, Antonio Harman is uh, also my answer for for the 2021 class. Um, as far as 2022, you, you mentioned Devon Campbell. I think Jadon Blue is still in a uh, – I think Texas is still in a pretty good uh, spot with him. Um, Chase Biddle is another one in 2022, of course. You know, despite Quinn um, and the whole Quinn saga that's kind of happened in the last two to three months, the 2022 class still has a really good shot at being a top five or ten class. And I think recruiting fans need to remember that, you know, regardless of what happens on campus. um, I I think this 2022 class can still be really special just because of all the in-state talent that is available in this class. Um, you know, even if you are the second or third best class in state, you're, you're going to manage to figure it out and, uh, pull off a top 10, top 15 class. So, uh, that's just something important to remember.
1: Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for the mailbag and our show this week. Nick, uh, what's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal?
0: I'm a big green bean casserole guy. Uh, yeah. I know, I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, obviously mac and cheese. Um, you know, my mom can whip up some crazy good mac and cheese, but, uh, green bean casserole is one of my sneaky sleeper picks
1: yeah i'm uh, so i'm pretty simple my grandfather made awesome mashed potatoes my entire life uh mashed potatoes like i've never tasted anywhere else my grandma continues to make them to this day so that's uh that's my favorite part of the meal for sure um all right well we hope you guys all enjoy your thanksgiving hope you have a safe week um and and, and continue to stay safe and healthy out there uh, for nick harris i'm mike roach and we will see you guys next week